Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're in back in the book of Genesis. We're in chapter 33 today. We're going to be seeing um, reconciliation. We're going to be seeing Jacob finally, after these 20 years, being reunited with the brother Esau that he cheated out of his birthright and cheated out of his blessing. Jacob, the old swindler, had been taught a lesson, a thing or two himself, after he uh, tricks his brother out of the blessing of their father, uh, Isaac. Uh, Jacob now is sent away um, uh, by his mother Rebecca over to her, her brother to, to you know to get away from Esau because he's scared. She's scared Esau is going to kill him because Esau vows to kill him. He was hot with anger after being cheated so much. So, And it's also under the pretense of finding a wife. So Jacob goes, and the, he actually, the trickster, gets tricked himself. Uh, Laban tricks him into um, taking a wife, Lee, that he didn't love. Uh, after he was working seven years, he was trying to get Rachel, and he agrees to work seven more years, so he gets Rachel too. So he gets ends up with two wives after working 20 years there. And uh, Lee gives him four sons. The servant girl gives him four more sons because you know, she had trouble childbearing. Rachel gave him one son. And then the servant girl, Billa, to Rachel gave him two more sons because she had trouble with childbearing as well, just like the mother had trouble with childbearing, Sarah. Eleven sons, one daughter, twelve children after twenty years. And um, he tricks Laban, and uh, he increases his cattle, and um, and then uh, tricks him again by trying to leave while Laban is away. Laban chases him, and he chases him down, and um, they get reconciled to Laban. And here we are in chapter 33. Now he's got to meet his brother. 
He's got to meet his brother, and he's scared because he knows his brother's sending 400 guys, 400 people with him, more than enough to kill him and take the vengeance out that he swore to do. Jacob is scared. But he wrestles with a man the night earlier, um, and the man sort of cripples him, takes his hip out of socket, and Jacob's heart changes, and he's holding on to God now, yielding to God. Now, McGee makes an interesting point that Jacob's growth, Jacob's journey, trusting God, is not instant overnight. Like all of us, or many of us, it's slow. We make mistakes. We fall down spiritually and we get back up. But as McGee says, it's the progress that matters. Trusting God. Being reconciled to God first. Then you try to be reconciled to one another. That was Jesus' message. He says, now I give you another commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So it's one thing to be personally reconciled to God, but then you have to be reconciled to one another. Now, how you do that, the decisions you make, sometimes are not the exact decisions what God would have us do. But it's the progress that matters. God's working in Jacob's heart right now. So let's jump in and see how this looks. Chapter 33, verse 1, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and 400 men with him. This is, the high, this is drama here. Chapter 33 starts off with a threat of danger. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> what is Jacob going to do? Now, normally Jacob would try to trick his way out of it. And we see <clears throat> Jacob trying to use some of his usual tactics here to try to minimize what's going to happen, try to do the best he can to impress his brother. But he's also trying to trust God. So let's look at that and realize that if he had complete trust in God, he's going to have to realize that God will deliver him. He's not going to have to trick his way out like he usually does. He can't run like he usually does. He's kind of crippled now. God is sort of teaching him slowly. Trust me. Don't trust your own devices. So he divided the children... This is Jacob now. He divided the children among Lee and Rachel and the two female servants. In other words, he's breaking up his family. Verse 2, And he put the servants with their children in the front, then Lee with her children, and then Rachel and Joseph last of all. In other words, he divides his family, and he, he sort of sets them out in order of importance. He, he gives Rachel and Joseph sort of the last position which is the most important of all. And a little bit of this sort of is reminiscent on what um, Isaac did. Isaac sort of always favored Esau, and Rebekah always favored 
of course, him, Jacob. But he's trying to maybe lessen the impact uh, that Esau might see. Maybe families, parts of his family coming in different ways. It might impress him a little bit more to see, you know, things coming. He's already sent gifts out, but he's thinking if he kills somebody, he'll probably kill the servants first and then maybe Lee can protect her children. And if he kills Lee or their kids second, then at least, you know, Rachel and Joseph might be spared or might be able to run away. He doesn't really completely trust Esau, and he doesn't really completely trust God, does he? When you look at this way, he's staggering his children, but he's scared. He's trying to return home like God's telling him. So this is where he is. So he staggers his children, and he himself went on before him. So what he's doing is... He's going before his children to try to protect them. He's not hiding behind his children. He sent his children ahead of him last time when he was fighting with the man. This is in chapter 32. When he was really scared, he couldn't sleep. But now he's out in front of his children. Bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So now here we are. He's... Possibility he's going to get killed. Verse 4, But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Look at Esau's heart. Esau's heart's changed. Something that Jacob didn't account on. And now he must realize that God's with him. And God delivers him here. Verse 5, And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children, he said, Who are these with you? And Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. So he acknowledges God, but he also puts himself servant to Esau. Still playing into Esau's ego here. Then the servants drew near and their children and bowed down. Lee likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. Last Last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. And Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I meet? And Jacob answered, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Verse 10, Jacob said, No, please, if I found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand, for I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you've accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. Thus he urged him, and he took it. So we got Esau saying, What's all this? You know, you divided your children like this well, what is all this and then and then Jacob just sort of says to find favor he doesn't really explain it that he he was scared that you're going to kill me because I cheated you out of your birthright he doesn't say that he just kind of says to find favor he calls it my lord he butters him up playing to the ego and then he goes Esau says I have enough I don't even need your gifts 
You know, he's bringing him a bunch of gifts too. I have enough. Now, God has probably blessed Esau in different ways. And his heart has changed because he has, a, he has he's probably got his own wealth. And, and uh, the birthright, you know, he doesn't really value that kind of thing. It's not really a spiritual guy, as we've made the point before. If he really valued the birthright, he'd still be mad. But time has passed, and, you know, he's got a bunch of possessions. He's probably got a, a place that he really likes and, a, and wealth and things, and he just doesn't need it. I have enough. Keep what you have for yourself. You know, go on your way. You're, you're fine. You know? And then uh, Jacob really wants him to take this gift. You know, please, 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 you know, if I found any favor. And seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. And, you know, Jacob's really laying it on. And then again, he says, please accept my blessing that is brought to you. So it's like he's trying to give him a blessing. And um, it's almost like giving him a blessing that... He took away and he cheated his brother out of. So, accept my blessing. It's not God's blessing, but it's my blessing. And if you take these gifts, it's symbolizing you taking a blessing and we're sort of squared. And, uh, and he sort of ties God into it. God has dealt graciously with me, so therefore I can give this to you. And it's sort of an indirect blessing from God to you. And it's interesting to me that he uses the same words back on Esau that Esau just used on him. He says, because I have enough. Okay, so they both use, I have enough. And so he's using his own words back on Esau. So Esau, it, it, you know, pushes enough buttons so he takes the blessing. He takes the gift. Thus he urged him and he took it. So Esau finally accepts the gift from Jacob. He takes it. And so maybe Jacob now kind of feels like, okay, he didn't kill me. He didn't kill my family. We've been reconciled. Does he really continue to trust his brother right now? He probably doesn't. Probably a little bit of him does and a little bit of him doesn't. So then Esau says, let us journey on our way and I'll go ahead of you. You know, Esau says, hey, you know, let's go together. Let me go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, Jacob doesn't want to travel with him, apparently. Verse 13, Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are frail and the nursing flocks and herds are, are a care to me. If they're driven hard for one day, then the flocks will die. Verse 14, let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and at the pace of their children until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Jacob's saying, go on ahead of me. I can't go as fast as you. You, you set your pace, let me set mine. I'm, I'm a slow man right now. I got livestock, women, and children. You know how it is. So Esau said, let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, what need is there? 
Now, this is Jacob saying, no, I, I don't need any of your men with me. He probably doesn't trust the men either. You know, Jacob wanted to, I mean, Esau wanted to leave him some men to protect him. He said, no, no, no. I, In other words, he doesn't want Esau's men with him because he doesn't have the intention of going to Seir where uh, Esau's going. And if your men are with me, then I got to go. I don't want to go. So he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. He's buttering him up again. You know, all I need is favor of you. I don't need protection from anybody. So Esau returned on that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth. Okay. And that is, um, my study Bible says, that is sort of over there where the Jordan River is. It's a little west of where they were. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Succoth. Okay. And then we see verse 18. And Jacob came safely to the city of Shelem. Okay. Again, which is even more west of Succoth. And that's in the land of Canaan now, where he's supposed to return which is the land of Canaan, on his way from Padam Aram, and he camped before the city, verse 19, and from the sons of Hamar, Shem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he pitched his tent, therefore erected an altar and called it El Elalori Israel. Now, a couple of things are here. So, he was supposed to follow his brother Esau, and he, uh, he didn't. I don't know if he tricked him or if he just buttered him up and said, you know, I'm not going, he didn't want to follow him, obviously, and he sort of uses the women, the children, the livestock as sort of an excuse to go slower. But um, he felt like he needed to go to Canaan anyway. If he said, hey, you know what, I'm going to Canaan because this is the blessing that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to return and, you know, I've got the family blessing, you know, that would like stir up the stew again, maybe. So, um, he goes on his own way, and then he, uh, I think my study Bible says he's not really supposed to stop at these places. He's supposed to, he's supposed to go, he didn't return to the land of his father. He stops here. Maybe it was a easier journey. I don't know. But um, we'll find out what happens um, as Jacob continues his journey. Now, we see him trying to trust God here a little bit, but he still has a lot of his old ways. You know, you, you, sometimes you can't get a straight answer out of Jacob. And sometimes when Jacob talks, you, you're not getting, uh, you're, you're always getting, there's always an angle to Jacob. You know, Jacob is not completely trusting anything or anybody right now. But as we see, and McGee makes the point, Jacob's growth to trying to be reconciled to his brother is sort of like all of us. I mean, going through our Christian walk, um, McGee says it's always a mistake to think you're going to be perfect. Or one another's going to be perfect. 
But it's that progress of trusting God as we work out our salvation. And uh, we should always give one another grace when we're dealing with one another. We can expect we can try to expect perfection from ourselves, but not worry about the other fella. Not be too critical of others. Everybody's trying to trust God. And what does that mean? To completely let go of our old nature. And uh, God's going to, as McGee says, God's going to keep working with Jacob. He's going to keep changing his heart. But you see him trusting. And um, McGee says he's going to be looking back at how he reconciled to his brother. Not completely trusting God, but trusting God as much as he could right then and there. But just knowing that God was with him. So we're going to stop here and we're going to keep looking at this life of Jacob who's really the father of the 12 tribes here. He's got these 12 sons. And uh, we're going to see how God continues to work in his life, knowing that he he works in all of our lives too. Are we perfect right now in God's sight? No. We're still sinners, but that's why the Holy Spirit, God's presence in us, is there for us so that we can do it. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great today. Look forward to going through this with you as well. From me to all of you, God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now I'll turn things over to Matali. Take it away, Matali. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Genesis chapter 33, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 20. So... We are following along in the life of Jacob. So last time in our study, that was last week, we saw what we call the high points in Jacob's life. And that is how he met God. How, yeah, how he wrestled with with God. Um, So God went after him the night a man wrestled with Jacob. So Jacob didn't wrestle the man. I mean, like, uh, he had so much trouble. Back of him, he had Uncle Laban. And in front of him, he had his brother Esau. And, you know, he obviously wasn't in the mood to wrestle a third person that night. So um, the man wrestled with Jacob. So Jacob refused to actually give in at first. And he found out he couldn't overcome and do it on his own. You know, Jacob tried all these tricks and, um, you know... Uh, cleverness and he actually discovered he couldn't do it on his own and he couldn't overcome it and do it on his own but he would not surrender and God you know just God touched the hall of his thigh and Jacob became helpless so you notice God didn't touch his shoulder he touched the 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 whole of his thigh and he became helpless but Jacob is not giving up he's not giving up he actually just holds on to him he holds on to God and the man says let me go and Jacob says no I want your blessing so he holds on and he's holding on to God and from here on now we will see a man not in you know a moment's notice change but we'll actually begin to see a change in Jacob's life we'll actually begin to see a change in how Um, in his spiritual life 
and because um, Jacob he lived in the flesh, and you know at home and in the land of Haran, uh, he's a man of the flesh, and here in uh, Peniel at um, uh, Brook Jabbok, he's actually fighting, and after this um and on down to egypt he's a man of faith so we see a change and it's um through the lord jesus christ that we have to do all of our thanking and um you know as that's where we actually get our help from and we all have this old nature and it can't do anything for us jacob was trying to live by his uh, by the flesh and this old nature that we have it can't do anything for us it can't please god and paul said you know the old nature was an enmity against god so that's romans 8 verse 8 um they that are in the flesh cannot please god and only when we yield and yielding is an act of will and uh, you know only when we yield to him only then will god bless us and you know only then are we a regenerated person that's yielding to god so verse 33 um sorry chapter 33 verse 1 reads now jacob lifted his eyes and looked and there esau was coming and with him were 400 men who so he divided the children among leah rachel and the two maid servants so now here um jacob wanted to spare his family so he actually separated them scripture goes on to read verse 2 and he put the maid servants their children in front Leah and her children behind and rachel and joseph last then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother so jacob you know he came with his hat in his hand and obviously he started bowing down like way 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 like further away from his brother um so he came with his hat in his hand to his brother bowing down verse 4 goes on to read but esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept so you know they're twin brothers they're brothers blood brothers twins so um you know let bygones be bygones and god had um you know he had certainly touched esau here we can see he had certainly touched esau because he had sworn before jacob left he had sworn vengeance that he would actually kill his brother for stealing his blessings and for tricking him into giving him his uh, birthright verse 5 goes on to read then he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said who are these with you so he said the children whom god has graciously given your servant then the maid servants came near they had their children bowed down and leah also came near with her children and they bowed down afterwards joseph and rachel came near and they bowed down and then esau said what do you mean by all this company which i met and he said these are the these are to find favor in the sight of my lord so jacob thinks you know he's actually thinking like his strategy is of approaching his brother had actually worked out but you know after it wasn't really necessary you know god was in control verse 9 goes on to read 
But then Saul said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. So Esau is now saying to Jacob, you know, um, he didn't actually need to send all the gifts and, um, you know, everything that he was sending to Esau, um, everything that he had offered him because Esau had plenty, he had enough. Verse 10 goes on to read, and Jacob said, No, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand and as much as I have seen your face as though I have seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. Verse 11, please take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. So he urged him and he took it. So, you know, before Jacob actually left, you know, um, he left, uh, yeah, before he, he left Canaan, you know, these two brothers were at each other's neck. Each one was trying to get something from the other um, that's in the flesh, especially Jacob. You know, Jacob got the birthright. He got the blessing. And now we actually find Jacob here insisting that his brother take a gift. And his brother Esau insists that, you know, he has plenty. So Esau finally actually took what he was being offered by Jacob because in that land, in that day, to actually um, refuse a gift urged upon uh one is like you know would actually be like an insult verse 12 goes on to read then Esau said let us take our journey let us go and i will go before you so Esau said now here let us go and i will go before you we'll go together um you know i will be your protection and here i go verse 13 goes on to read but Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and the herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard, one day all the flock will die. So Jacob said, you know, um, he was moving at a slower pace. So he was setting the pace. He was moving at the slower pace with his family as he had, you know, his small children and his flock and herds had little ones and they were nursing. And, you know, they can go very fast, as fast as Esau's men would go. So, uh, and Esau, with his army of 400, will want to move much faster so they can actually go ahead. Verse 14 goes on to read, Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Jacob said, you know, they would actually move slower and follow behind at their own pace. Verse 15 goes on to read, And Esau said, Now let me leave you, now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my lord um verse 16 so esau returned that day to his way in sarah so sarah is where he lived down in the land of edom so he actually returns back on his to his land and he leaves a guard to go along to just assist jacob verse 17 goes on to read and jacob journeyed to succoth built himself a house and made boots for his livestock therefore the name of the place is called Sakoth. so he actually put up barns for his cattle and you know the great change um has actually come in jacob in jacob's life and he he is called israel so um all of his clever scheming um to um you know to actually present a gift to his brother esau has come 
to nothing because um now he's changed and god is now with him so god has prepared god actually had prepared the heart of laban not to harm jacob and god did prepare the heart of esau to receive jacob and he has peace on both fronts so god arranged all this for jacob if jacob had actually been left to his own cleverness to his own deeds um, he would have um, come to his death in a very violent manner. So Jacob is sometimes criticized um, by scholars because he actually stopped here at Sukkoth and he didn't proceed to Bethel. So we ought not to actually expect too much from Jacob at this particular time. He's crippled and he's, you know, he's just, he's now a fully like received Christ. Um, and he you know he's just learning to walk with his spiritual legs so um god adopts his god adopts us as adults um but you know our growth is um you know it's a slow growth but we progress so at this particular point jacob is just learning how to walk spiritually with god so jacob built an altar here as his grandfather abraham was accustomed to do and you know the fine features uh, Jacob identifies with his new name Israel that's the God of Israel so this is real growth growth um, of a man who is just learning to actually walk spiritually so he's on the way to Bethel but he hasn't just arrived there yet verse 18 goes on to read Jacob came safely to the city of uh, Shechem which is in the land um, of Canaan when he came from Padam Aram. And he pitched his tent before the city and he brought the parcel of land which he had pitched his tent from the children of uh, Hamo, uh, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there and called it El Eloi Israel. Okay, so up to this time, we see that Jacob has not um, erected many altars for the Lord, uh, God of his father, but now um, he becomes a testimony for God. And, you know, in our next study, that's tomorrow, we'll actually see that Israel, Jacob, Israel, he made a mistake of actually stopping at this place. So there is going to be a scandal in the family, like a dark blotch in his family. And um, we'll read about it in tomorrow's study. And But here in the book of Genesis, you know, there are two things in Genesis that God actually spends a lot of time doing. And um, this is first, uh, the heredity. So God is very concerned that a believer marry a fellow believer and not an unbeliever for the sake of heredity the second thing is the environment of the individual and we see this in the life of jacob he has a big family and he, he had not you know he actually didn't only have 12 sons but he had daughters too and here we see uh, one of them is mentioned you know an account is given uh dinah um so we also saw that uh, there was strife in the family um, so, you know, there was strife, um, you know, with Abraham and Sarah when there was Hagar and then there was Isaac and Rebecca, you know, where Isaac loved Esau more and Rebecca loved Jacob more. And then now here we have in Jacob's family, the strife 
um, you know, he, he may have thought he got away with it, but you know, eventually, um, the sins come back and, um, you have to pay for them. So we have, um, strife in Jacob's family, Jacob, Leah, and Rachel. So Jacob did stop in, uh, Shechem and stayed for a while, which will cause a lot of sorrows that will actually come to him. So we see a change, a growth in Jacob's life as his belt and altar for God and his um, witness for God. And here there's a lesson for us as Christians um, that, you know, we actually don't become full grown overnight, you know, full, fully grown overnight uh, spiritual Christians. Um, you know, the growth and progress is actually slow because... Um, we may learn truths in the Bible, but we find that our lives, you know, in our lives, we go through stumbling blocks, you know, just like Simon Peter, we go through stumbling blocks, we fall. Um, but the important thing is we get up, dust ourselves up and, you know, try again and, uh, you know, continue trusting and believing in God. That's the important thing. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant, pleasant Monday. Bye-bye.